Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Food for Thought. Our guest is going to share how making small dietary and lifestyle changes over time can greatly improve overall health and ultimately lead to healing, expanded consciousness, and inspire profound transformation of mind, body, and spirit. I like that. Our guest is Lisa Brown, founder of Free Flowing Health, and she is a whole foods plant-based chef. I like that very much. <laughs> and I'm dying to get into this stuff. Now she's a certified INN health coach. Lisa, what does INN stand for? Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I, 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 I knew that, I knew that. <laughs> and she is a health coach and an educator reside, residing in Southwest Florida with well over a decade of experience helping people transform their lives. In addition to having acquired, acquired a culinary education at the Natural Gourmet Institute here in New York City, Lisa is also certified to teach various styles of yoga and has accumulated over 500 hours of study. She holds a master's degree in forensic psychology from John Jay College. So not just yoga, that's, there's some stuff there, right there. Born and raised in New York City. She's from Queens, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> Born and raised in New York, she, uh, she spent her younger years living life in the fast lane. I might've seen you. <laughs> she, loved, she, she was in the fast lane. And, but now she, but then she began working as a full-time EMT while in college. Um, and that was a quite different experience for her. She coupled with a, that with a poor diet, lots of stress, and little to no sleep. Little to no sleep left Lisa running on empty with a number of health issues, including severe a severe back injury, which is pretty common in the EMT field. I understand. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, my partner was an EMT, and he went out on a back back injury, hormonal imbalances, terrible acne low energy, that's very common, and extreme depression and anxiety, that also is very common. After turning to yoga for physical rehabilitation and adjusting her lifestyle, diet, and mindset, Lisa experienced deep and long-lasting healing and, sh and shifts on all levels of being. After overcoming many adversities on her own personal journey of self-discovery and transformation, Lisa's quest for knowledge, passion and healthy living and deep desire to be of service to others became insatiable. Today, Lisa combines her work as a chef, coach, and educator. I love that. To help people around the world achieve greater levels of health, happiness, and harmony. For all that, ladies and gentlemen and others, Lisa Brown. Hello, Lisa. 
Hi, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it. Interview over. Everybody has the information. No, 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 no. Take it easy. Take <laughs> it. You know, my, I mentioned my partner. We like to make fun of some New York uh, stereotypes. Like we like to say to each other, take it easy. Yeah, like take it, it easy. Like only old, old Italian New York guy. Take it easy. All right. We're going to ask some questions. We want right. to get to know you. First of all, we, Lisa and I were told, Lisa and I have been Facebook friends for some time, but we didn't know how that happened. And I said, it may have happened at least that Facebook recommended it. And I took one look at her and I said, yeah, okay, I'll be friends with her. And I'm going to, I'll start off before I even ask her the first question. You know, she's a very attractive woman. She's a beautiful woman, but I, I say that professionally. I want to ask you as a preliminary question, how, now you heard my bio, all right, uh, listeners and, and viewers. You see that she's very into she's into wellness, into diet. How much of that, how much of your outer radiance, your radiance, your outer beauty, okay, not inner beauty, outer beauty, uh, <laughs> would you say has to do with wellness and diet? I would say 99.9% of it. Wow. I feel like once you, you know, make those shifts, uh, as you have previously mentioned, reading my bio, and you start to do the work internally, um, not only... Does that um, is that conveyed in the radiance of your skin and externally, but also energetically and vibrationally speaking, you begin to shift and people can truly feel that. And beauty essentially is in the eye of the beholder. So it, it is, you know, but I'm studying stoicism right now. I'm very into Marcus Aurelius and stoicism. You know, that's that's where I am now. It's very cool. And um I, who could disagree with with this the, the statement you just said the axiom that I that beauty is in the eye of the eye of the beholder, but Aurelius is teaching me and I'm really embracing this that beauty is everywhere, mm -hmm. even not in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> you know, if I behold it, well, there it is. It's obvious, but it's also where I don't see it. <laughs> but I tell you, when, when we talk about radiance and vitality, and you know, you you exude it, and I think that that comes from that's a, that's an effect as you just described that's an effect you, you're doing the cause and you're getting and we're, we're seeing the effect so fantastic i don't disagree with you in the slightest bit i mean yeah a person can have great genes and absolutely that that plays a big thing but that only goes so far right then you get into into diet and into beliefs and personality and inner beauty and those they go much further right and yeah, I've done the work and really I'm 68 years old and you can't tell because of this plant-based diet and lifestyle that I've chosen to adopt over time. She is not 68. <laughs> she is not. If she's 68, I'm signing up right now for whatever she's offering because she's lying. She is not 68. I'm, I'm calling BS on that. If I'm selling it, then you're buying it, right? Uh, that's it. Sign me up. <laughs> Great stuff. Okay, so how did you get started on your journey towards health and wellness? Well, it was about 20 years ago. I'm now 37. That's an there honest. Go. There's some truth. <laughs> so it all came to be in my teenage years, um, having been a product of my environment, growing up in a dysfunctional family and not having very many role models, coupled with um, being raised on fast food and highly processed foods, I had poor coping mechanisms. So completely stressed out. I, as you had mentioned, um, suffered from severe insomnia and chronic fatigue over an extended period of time. 
I had hormonal issues and imbalances, which reflected in the health of my skin. I had cystic acne. My entire face was covered um, with really thick, painful acne that I could not hide. I was mentally unstable, suffering from depression and anxiety. Eventually, I ended up in the ER, ironically enough, when I was working full-time as an EMT in college, <laughs> full-time, full workload, as well as training really hard at the gym for powerlifting competition. I ended up with a huge cyst on my ovary that ended up in uh, me bleeding for a week and being in pain that was uh, so traumatic that I was hurled over and not able to move on with my life unless I saw a doctor. Once I saw the doctors, from my perspective, um, they treated me more so like a number and lack of compassion. Whether that was intentional or not is a story for another day. They did a lot of invasive testing and then proceeded to put me on several different uh, medications, which over time caused a series of other health issues. So around the age of 18, after having experienced that and after dealing with all of these elements, I decided to take my power into my own hands and begin to research holistic and natural cures. And not to say that I made a bunch of changes overnight and I was well on my way to healing, but it was a starting point where I said, okay, maybe I can take this information that has been given to me from external sources, from the professionals, authoritative figures. And then now with this information, I can begin to do my own exploration and research and experiment to see if I begin to incorporate small, tiny dietary changes, if, if that will help at all. After doing that for years, really, and um, experimenting with different herbal supplements and things straight from the earth, I began to heal slowly. And I'm saying it was a five to eight year uh, evolutionary process and it happened progressively. And some things worked, some things did not, but it did start on a very physical level where I began to adopt more plant-based foods and do some deep organ cleansing so that I can see the very immediate physical results. After some time, however, um, there was a shift in my awareness. I had a few spiritual awakenings and I, I think it had to do with the vibrations of the food that I was consuming and getting away from all the toxicity that eventually led me to doing work on my mindset because I grew up with the victimhood mentality, having had experienced much trauma at a young age. So then I began to do some mindset and psychological work to help remind myself that I've incarnated here to experience certain things and life is happening for me and not to me. So that is as concisely as possible how I got started on my journey and then how let, eventually- Let me ask you, Lisa. Yeah. Let me interrupt you, Lisa. Sure. Yeah. Uh, would you say that you hit a bottom or would you say that you would just, you started making choices to evolve? I would say I probably hit a rock bottom. My emotions were out of control. I hated my life. I was pretty much suicidal. Uh, like I had mentioned, I had little to no role models in my life. I uh, saw a bleak future and everything contributed to that toxic overload coming, like I said, from a violent, toxic, dysfunctional environment, overworking myself, distracting myself, not sleeping, over-caffeinating, 
you know, being addicted to sugar and pro highly, highly processed foods. So all of that with the physical ailments definitely caused me to hit a rock bottom. And it wasn't the first rock bottom that I've hit, but it was painful enough to inspire me to start looking at things differently and start adopting new habits. You know, I'm a recovered addict and alcoholic, clean and sober 20 years, you know, and, and I, I did it initially to AA and NA, which I'm very indebted to. Uh, and, you know, you hear about people with bot stories about people with bottoms. And, and a lot of times people will say, I've had multiple bottoms, like you just said. And what I say to people like that is, ra raise your pain level intolerance. See, people can tolerate a lot of pain. <laughs> right you know like you did you tolerated a lot of pain till you finally said no 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 more i'm done and and that's fair. i i didn't have i had a i was fortunate i had a low pain uh, intolerance you know I, I was like that's it this is my bottom <laughs> you know so i my advice to people you know having issues and, and things are not their lives are not going well or, or it's unsatisfactory it's unsatisfactory i would say i suggest raise your your pain level intolerance don't tolerate this stuff. This has got to go. This has got. This is no way to live. And to view it as a blessing and a gift, because as these divine souls that have come here to experience life, it's these experiences that propel us into the next level of our existence and kind of gear us toward the right path that's, you know, meant for us, so that we can get away from all of the distractions and start aligning with that higher calling. I, I too am sober, but I never had to go through AA and, you know, I started drinking and smoking pot at 13 to try to escape my reality, so to speak. Yep, sure. and, and that's one of the changes that I made over time. And it was a huge shift and it's incredible to live a, a sober life, really. Totally. You know, uh, I mentioned I study, I'm studying Aurelius. And one of the things that I'm really starting, I've begun to subscribe to, you know, I didn't. It's a, it's a very common conception or belief that people, that, that everything happens for a reason. I didn't buy that. I was like, oh, you can learn something in every situation, but I don't, I believe there's way, there's too much chaos for that. But now I'm going back to this common belief that everything truly does happen for a reason. I believe it's all providence. So when you got to, you got to go through all the shit, you got to do that. Okay. Now I'm not saying to do any more than you have to, because at any moment you can make a choice. Right. But whatever ha happened, I'm, I'm subscribing to Marcus Aurelius, who's a pretty smart guy. Wrote, wrote, he wrote a book, The Meditations, which I'm studying 1800 years ago, which he never intended to publish. But other people published it for him. And I'm subscribing to this. And when you when you when you believe that it all was for a reason, then it doesn't bother you. It doesn't hurt as much. Oh, he did this. She did that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now it's like, OK, he did this. She did that. OK, now what? What am I going to do? Am I going to do something else or am I going to continue with the same old BS? Right. And the lessons are going to keep showing up until we understand that it's the same underlying issue with different faces, different places. And, oh, I cannot control anyone or anything outside of me. But what I can do is respond and learn to not react. So that's life. Life will be chaotic. There will be ups and downs. It's an emotional roller coaster, whether we want it to be or not. And all we can control is our response and to really acquire the lesson to move on, right? If the same thing keeps repeating itself, then it's time to look within and say, hey, what do I, what do I need to change internally to have things externally shift in my life?
I could not have articulated that any better. Better. We are on this, we are from the same tribe, Lisa. Perfectly yeah. said. Perfectly <laughs> said. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back with Lisa Brown. This episode of Self Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio, perhaps the most common method that coaches worldwide use to get undisputable results for their clients is NLP. Visit www.perficio.io. That's perficio.io, where you can make the changes you want and get the results you dream of. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza, and we're with Lisa Brown. She's telling us about wellness, and we haven't even gotten into it. Well, we got into the diet, but we'll be getting a lot more into that because, you know, I'll I'll get into it later. She's actually she's actually well she's a chef, but she does chef services and sh- and chef coaching, and that's a big part of her of what she does uh, and how she's gotten to this point. And we have we've only scratched the surface in that, but I want to know much more about that. But before we get into all that, Lisa, what advice or t- uh, tips or recommendations do you have for people just getting started on their plant based journey? Well, whether it's a plant-based journey or any sort of health journey, generally speaking, because maybe your journey is not a plant-based one, or maybe it is, I would say that number one, do your research and find out and obtain as much information as you can about that particular diet before delving into it. There's lots of opinions out there, so it's your job to sort through the information. Number two, I would say connect with your why. So that when things become a struggle or if other people outside of yourself are trying to influence you or tell you to do it or not do it, you can always connect to your reasons for wanting to make a change. Three, I would say make changes slowly and gradually so you don't feel like you're depriving or restricting yourself and let the bad habits fade away naturally. Four, I would say um, it's also your job to get innovative and creative and devote X amount of time, even if it's just one day a week to explore new recipes, new habits, new ingredients. So there's that strong educational component, or you can just hire me to coach you and I'll teach you everything you need to know. And I'm here to say that there's not one size fits all. There's no uh, one panacea. My, my journey may be different than yours. So you can apply this really to any uh, sort of lifestyle change at you're trying to make, just educate yourself, be open, have fun, do the research, and then explore and experiment and see what resonates that you hold with you forever and the rest you can discard. Wow, that's awesome. Now, let me ask you about the term plant-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, didn't, you haven't used the, the, the term vegetarian. Is that the same? Was it similar? They're synonymous? Well, I made a whole YouTube video about that actually explaining because there's many terms that can be confusing. There's flexitarian, there's fruititarian, vegan, plant-based, whole food, plant-based, vegetarian, and I'll just start with pescatarian. So pescatarians, and I was one for a while when fish I- only? Is that fish? Yeah, I didn't go vegan overnight or plant-based, but I was pescatarian to start where I just ate fish and then no other animal products except for occasional cheese. That was the last thing to give up. There's flexitarians who will jump between eating, let, let's say fish or small quantities of meats, but mostly eat plant-based. Uh, plant-based and vegan to me are the same thing, but plant-based refers to mainly whole foods. So they're unprocessed, unrefined, as close to nature as you can find them, or very minimal processing. Oh, I have a, I have one of those too, wait. Oh my God, a black one as well, you know that. 
See, this know, one, this I, one's a stray. Call me a cat, and I'll lose my chain of thought. <laughs> See, um, this one's a rescue that that rescued herself. She appeared in my backyard, crying for a life, and I saved her. And she. Those I, are the best types. I, I'm a foster failure. I was fostering through the shelter. I've rescued many cats over the years. But anyway, just to define, whole food, plant based, and vegan. To me, the terms are interchangeable. Although whole food, plant based refers to eating no animal products, no eggs, no dairy, and uh, foods that are not processed or refined. Vegan, a lot of people adopt that title if they're doing it for the animals and for the planet, so to speak, and they don't mind eating processed uh, vegan foods, which also have no animal or no byproducts. For me, I consider myself whole food plant-based and vegan. Although my journey started out for health reasons, it eventually evolved in to ethical and moral reasons. Mm. And this is my personal stance. Yes. So for me, I'm vegan because I don't purchase anything that has animal products in it. I don't consume any animal products, but I also try to eat as close to nature as I possibly can. So vegetarians, to answer your question, there's lacto vegetarians and different avo lacto. So vegetarians may or may not still incorporate eggs and dairy. So there's a lot of information, maybe too oh, much. That was great. You but wherever you are, you're there for a reason. You're on your path. I'm not here to judge. We'll get there when we get there, wherever we're meant to be. Wow. You're, wow. I didn't realize you were this smart. Oh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I concur. And uh, that was very illuminating. I, I, I tried vegetarianism. I liked it, but I found it very difficult to mm -hmm. maintain. Uh, but I'd like to have that in my future, or at least primarily plant-based because uh, you know uh, for me it's about the ethics of it I, I i despise this cruelty that that animals have to suffer and that untold trillions have had to suffer because we eat them and you know and listen i, I love meat but you know it's that suffering and or that terror right before death right. you know the like slaughter that we spoke of yeah a fear yeah you know i i'm not you know i i want to i want to unsubscribe from that because i don't want you know because i'm a, a carnivorous person i'm i'm i maintain that i support that but i i'm but i'm where in my journey just as you said you're so you're very smart my dear woman uh i you know i i want to be vegetarian but i'm not there yet right and i'm i'm moving in that direction and it's okay that's where i'm where i'm at now but i i really want to because i mean these these animals man you know we could do better by them you know there are so many we mass produce them and they're nicely packaged so people don't see the truth behind the scenes and it's not like in ancient times when our ancestors hunted in in a sacred way used every part of the animal in ceremony and to nourish themselves we've i, I think have, have adapted and evolved beyond that um and i think if more people were involved in the actual process then less people would probably be eating it but again, I'm not here to judge, you know, we're Look. born in this world where we're conditioned to believe certain things or we need certain things. And as a child, I couldn't eat meat unless it was extra well done, which, you know, I didn't really want to eat it. If there was a big clam, I would eat only the breading and give the, the clam to my twin brother. So I think some of us have an affinity inclination also towards a certain lifestyle from childhood. And everybody's different. Everybody's makeup is different everybody's perspective outlook experiences and we're all trying to find our way right in this crazy world absolutely you know but i also have a vision too and i and, I, and i'm not 
hypocritical where I've already described myself, but I want, I see a future where one, I'm very successful with my business and, and, have, and where the, the company is, has a lot of affluence. I want to create a program to help people become vegetarian or at least eat, be part of the system that causes less suffering to animals. Great. You know, that, that's it. Cause I, I, I don't listen, animals taste great, but be, there's gotta be a way that we can per, be part of a system that causes so much suffering. There's got right. to be a way. Even adopting a meatless Monday for people who think they can't do it or dedicating one day out of the week, even, you know, five meals, whatever it is, small, gradual, so that it's not overwhelming and learn over time how to prepare these foods in a way that tastes great and that's convenient and easy and that sort of thing. Cause it is, as you mentioned, it's a little labor intensive or it can be a little overwhelming and challenging in the beginning yeah. to learn all of this information. We're not born learning how to just, you know, out of, out of the womb, how to ride a bike, how to walk, how to run. And it does take time and effort. I will say that nothing easy is easy, right? Oh boy. I mean, yeah. nothing worth it is easy as well. Uh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I find that the more worthwhile it is, the more difficult it is. I, right now I'm working on my, my company auxilium, which is a, personal development company. Uh, I knew it would be hard. I've launched, I started this company years ago and we're launching an app. It's a virtual coaching program that's gonna revolutionize self-help. I knew it'd be hard. It is literally the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, but I love it, you know? And I, you know, and I, you know, it's really rough and it's, it, I sacrifice, but I do it very happily, you know? So- <laughs> things are the most rewarding in my opinion. Absolutely. And I wanna circle back for a moment. Uh, initially, you were talking about when you began having a plant-based diet and you had insomnia. I recall in the 90s, I had insomnia and not since, but, and, and I, I was listening to a Deepak, Deepak Chopra audio, who's really, I love his stuff, but he's, you know, he's like Ayurvedic. Uh, he was saying just to drink hot water throughout the day with some lemon juice. And I did that. And you know what? It totally worked for me. Yeah, insomnia it helps to stimulate digestion. It's really good for that, especially on an empty stomach and really high in vitamin C. But ha what has worked uh, tenfold for me is taking a powdered magnesium, this brand called Calm, and I like the unflavored one, and it's helped a lot of my clients. I'm not here as a disclaimer to prescribe or give any medical or, or you know nutritional advice, but to this day, every night, I take magnesium. It's the most, um, like 90% or higher of the population is deficient in it. And it's responsible for many bodily functions. And the highest source of it is actually raw cacao. So if you are a chocolate person and you move away from the processed uh, chocolate bars or whatnot that's out there and you begin to incorporate the raw chocolate, it's really beneficial in many ways for your health. So that's been the number one lifesaver for me when it comes to restful sleep. In addition to actually removing technology from my room by a certain time. So just obviously that blue light affects us and makes it difficult to sleep. Not eating two hours before bed is really important. And these are just little tips, yeah. tricks and tools that I've worked for me. And it's, it's, it's very scientific stuff with magnesium. I'm like, oh, magnesium. I'm talking about lemon juice. You like magnesium. So, <laughs> you know, this is that it, it sounds, doesn't sound salesy. It sounds like it's actually, well, great knowledge. <laughs> so, yeah, do, everybody, do your research and read up on magnesium. The body, it's really essential for the body for many different functions, as I had mentioned. 
But for me, that's what's been a lifesaver, trying to disconnect from my technology, although I'm still working on that at a certain time and not even having the phone or the computer turned on or in the room at all. And also not eating two to three hours before bedtime so that when your body's in that rest and digest mode, we don't overwhelm it. And that allows for a more deep, full, deep restful sleep. Do you, do, what about eating, that, eating with that kind of parameter or not, not eating with that kind of parameter, just in terms of general diet or wellness? Do you think that there's an other I think, effect? I think anybody can benefit from that because our body is on a rhythm and on specific cycles. And people can experiment. Let's eat a whatever it is and lay down 20 minutes later and see how we feel and how the sleep is. I know there's different devices to measure how we're sleeping in different brain wave states that we must go through. Uh, people can do their own experiment and see how do I feel eating one hour before bed, 20 minutes before bed, as opposed to two or three hours before bed. Great stuff. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back with Lisa Brown. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. What are the secrets to wealth? Benjamin Franklin taught them, but people are ignorant or just forget. What if you make sure neither afflicts you? Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O. Where you can actually become certain you're on your way to wealth. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza and Lisa Brown. We're talking about wellness and plant-based diets and other things. So let's let's get back to a plant-based diet. Uh, what tools and techniques uh, do you have or should a person implement most often to help them stay on track? Oh, well, with a plant-based diet or anything in general, um, I think creating a little bit of structure, free-flowing structure. So morning and nighttime routine have really worked for me. We just mentioned, you know, cutting off what you put into your body at a certain time, cutting off technology. I think journaling is huge, although I don't do it all the time. I do have a gratitude journal, journal sitting by my bed to set the tone for the next day. Um, going to sleep early. I, your body is in the deepest hours of rest between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So trying to get to bed early. I'm a early riser, 6 a.m. every day, if not earlier, and whatever it is for you. What works for me that might not work for you, but I listen to an hour of gratitude affirmations in the background every day. I like to do the, the warm water with the lemon juice. I like to get in some movement, whether it's gentle stretching or a walk, followed by some breath work and meditation. So whatever speaks to you, whatever you happens. Yeah. Lisa, do you get up naturally with that an alarm clock or with? Unless there's something really, really important that I feel anxious or nervous about, I will have an alarm, but 90% of the time, if not 95% of the time, I'm waking up before the alarm. That's great. I've trained myself over time. Right. We, we truly are creatures of habit and we can be conditioned or train ourselves really just for about anything. And we're only ever limited to our imaginations. So to be successful, I think, and to stay on track with whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, I think morning and nighttime routines are important. So free-flowing structure, I don't like it to be so rigid that it creates even more anxiety. Exercise, that's an obvious one. So whether that means a Zumba class, a yoga class, swimming, jogging, running, it's so important to move your body. Exercise has saved my life. I've been doing it since I'm 14, nonstop, and the days that I miss my exercise. I definitely don't feel 100%. 
Um, and I think adopting some sort of mindfulness techniques, I know that word is used quite often, but it can be literally three minutes of just sitting quiet outside listening to nature, trying some of the different pranayamas or breathwork techniques out there to calm yourself down. It can be putting on YouTube and finding a guided meditation, but some sort of mindfulness that brings us back into the present moment. I think anyone and everyone, despite your goals, can benefit from implementing some of these, these techniques. I want to shift uh, gears for a second and talk about what I mentioned earlier, about what you do, your career as a plant-based chef and coach. Talk, talk to me about that. I want to hear about this. Sure. So about several years ago, at this point, I think I was 29, I decided to do a culinary apprenticeship, 600 hours year long at the Natural Gourmet Institute after taking many, many public classes. I was blessed with that opportunity. So not to have to pay like $40,000 to go through the program. And I was basically learning from scratch because as I had previously mentioned, I was raised on processed and fast foods. I was never um, educated on how to feed myself and being plant-based and vegan, it was overwhelming. And that's why I've chosen this life path, not only to empower myself to be able to cook amazing cuisine, but to share that with other people to show them, yes, this is doable and you can do it too. Because I started from zero and I've taken it, taken it to a hundred and I've combined my passion. So coaching is very customizable and I take people through a step-by-step -step process very educational on how they can begin to make these changes in their very own lives in a way that's not overwhelming. So there's a high level of accountability. And I decided to turn my passions into a career. So I started a catering company. I just did a great event this week, actually. It was amazing. And that's what I do. I feed and nourish, nourish people's mind, bodies, and spirits. That is my calling in life. And it's my goal to inspire as many people as I can to just think differently about what they're putting into their body and how they're living their lives to achieve optimal wellness, happiness, and harmony. So that, that's wonderful. Now you do that as a chef, but you also coach people to yeah. cook for themselves. In, in Right. I, so I have a month long program if people want like an intensive and it can be in person or we can work together remotely where I get into the kitchen and we spend some time discussing and uh, assessing the baseline where the client is at, setting the goals. And I actually give them practical tools and show them how to use the equipment, how to prep the food, how to you know, properly and safely use a knife and that sort of thing. And you know, if, if they wanna work remotely and they just want coaching sessions where we just spend time on the phone and they're writing everything down, then we can do that as well. So there's a three month, six month, uh, one month program available where I, I actually relay all of the information, all of the wisdom, knowledge, and experience that I've acquired over the past 20 years. That's fantastic. Isn't it wonderful how digital technology especially serves us coaches, I mean, serves the world, but yeah. us coaches, how we can you know help do what we do now yeah. so remotely. In high school or college, there was none of this, right? So. It's, it's just incredible. Now, uh, in exactly what you were talking about, you use all your, 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 your skills, you know, your background, and you bring it to bear in the present. And I've, do, I've done the same exact thing. It's one of, actually one of my messages is use what you have because you've got so many resources. And the more you're able to utilize them, the, 
the more you can, more value you can bring, or, you know, or whatever, things like that. You have a history, uh, you, you study forensic psychology, right? So do, interviewing you. <laughs> so do you uh, incorporate that somehow? I'm intrigued by that because I'm really interested in that stuff. More in a subtle way because it really refined and honed my ability to perceive um, what a person's trying to communicate with them without them actually trying to communicate it. And it did increase my ability to sit across from a person and interview them, so to speak, and ask the right questions. So although I never professionally worked in the, in the field, um, I chose not to pursue it after graduating and doing a year-long externship because as an anxious 22-year-old, sitting across from high profile criminals that have committed heinous acts. It was too much for my nervous system and I took a different path, but everything happens for a reason and I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And yeah, it does come in handy in a very subtle way. I never mention it to my clients or to people. They only read about it if they go to my website and look at my bio, but I think it comes in handy when it comes to evalu evaluating circumstances quickly and really just getting to the heart and nature of what it is i'm what information i'm trying to gather from a person long so before I, long before i became a personal development coach i was interested in psychology for the longest time uh i didn't study it in college but uh i was interested in it and i, I also found that i was very good at profiling right yeah. <laughs> and it, it was a funny thing because you know people we, we typically wear masks we, we want people to to think a certain think about us in a certain way and then we also we also say things that we want people to believe, whether it be about us or other things. I found that if you know that more or less, you don't you shouldn't even bother listening to what people say. And I would say that tongue in cheek because you really should listen to people. But I find that, that a lot of times they're just they're not they're not being truthful. And I and I really I pivoted this on this as a coach because as a coach. I just want to help people, you know, but, but when, but when the people say, Oh, I have this problem. A lot of times that's just a presenting problem. You know, there's, there's, there's other things that are oblique to that or beneath that. That's not the real, that's typically the core problem. But in terms of profiling, I found that uh, really you need to look at what people do because that's the truth about them. Not what they say, what they do tells the truth. Now what they say, you can filter out, that's what they want you to believe. So you can filter out uh, what what they're not showing you uh, in contrast to what they're saying to, to get to more of the truth of the, of the matter. So I love forensic stuff. I love psychology. So, And you brought up a good point is that even if people are not intentionally telling white lies, it's even through the process of omission by not providing all of the information or trying to paint themselves in a perfect light. When I'm working with clients, it's about reading in between the lines. Obviously, actions do speak louder than words, and that's why I believe in radical honesty and authenticity, even if not everyone's going to like you, right? So that's a skill set that I've developed over time is, yeah, to read in between the lines, tap into my intuitive nature, to really see what the root cause is or the underlying issues, regardless of what people are presenting. You know, we're going to take our final break and then I'm going to continue in, on this topic and then and we'll get into our, our last question and topic sure. because this is intriguing. So this we'll take a, um, a final break to hear from our sponsor and then we'll come back with the last segment with Lisa Brown. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. When people learn something, they want to use it. 
so it has real value. And the best teacher is experienced. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where Proficio will have you taking action with what you're learning immediately. You'll be closer to your goals before you even realize it. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're here with the wonderful Lisa Brown. We're talking about a number of subjects, and I'm going to continue from our previous uh, discussion. Uh, talk, she, she mentioned uh, radical honesty and being authentic. You know, I now, after a, a long time of not being in a relationship, and now I'm in a, in a new relationship, and I, I, don't, it's, I don't call her my girlfriend, and I don't call... She doesn't call me her boyfriend, but we're not friends with benefits. We didn't want that. That, that's you know, men like that typically. But that's we we found that boyfriend girlfriend things typically relationships typically end right usually end, and the and the friends with benefits is is kind of like, you know, it's kind of you know low substance. Uh, so what I have with her is something I call exclusive companionship. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a new thing. Copyright Tony Petroza. <laughs> I, I, I told my protege about this. He's like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, uh, but, you know, but then he's like, is it still going on? Yeah, it is. Because it's really about being really honest with the person, not making promises you think that they want to hear. Oh, in five years, we'll be here. We, you know, we'll get married. You know, we'll do this. That you don't either don't intend to keep or you're not going to keep without putting those pressures on, you know, just being, but well, we found that the, the, first of all, it has to be monogamous. That's, that's the, that's, you got to agree on monogamy. All right. Because that's, that's respectful on multiple levels and, and, and more f- functional, but you have to have a parameter. And we, I call it the HRC. And I remember it by remembering Hillary Rodham Clinton. Not that I'm a big fan of hers, but HRC is the rem- way to remember. It's, rem- it's to be honest, respectful and caring honestly always honest respectful and caring so really focus on honesty and without being we're always being compassionate because honesty without compassion is brutality especially when dealing with sensitive yeah, subjects uh but you know when she talked about the long term just recently and i said and she said do you do you see it being a long-term thing and i have to tell her no i don't uh i don't but i, I do care about you. I do. I am. And I'm having a wonderful time giving and taking from you, but I don't see it as long-term. First, first she was like, ah, no. But then she, then after a little bit, she's like, no, that's actually really wonderful. You told me the truth and I'm now I'm okay with it. Before I was like, ah, but now and that's I'm subject to change too. It's like, you're being honest in the moment, but that may change over time. And I think it starts also with being honest with ourselves. And that's a constant, that's a constant journal journey and practice that we have to put into place every single day every single day absolutely absolutely i mean it could it could happen that way absolutely i don't know the future you know men make plans and god laughs that is a rare i found it to be very true but by being honest and you know you know and not that's not to say that you should be you should say everything you got to be a little strategic but without deception without deception that's the trick i this is really a a precedent relationship with me she's in awe of it my my protege is in awe of it i'm in awe of it i'm like this is actually working and i'm actually thinking even more some things long term but but by being present in the moment not with the with the 
reserve that, oh, I'm, I'll be present in a moment, then later screw her. No, that's that's deception too. That's so I think it's the mindfulness, mindfulness techniques that allow us to be more fully present and take a moment to respond more honestly. Totally, totally. Let me ask you my final question. Sure. What impact would you like to have on the world? Well, I would love to inspire and uplift as many people as possible and empower people to take their health back into their own hands through their self-exploration. And of course, you know, listen to the professionals, gather the information, but ultimately know that wherever you've been and whatever you, you've ex experienced in life doesn't have to define who you are. We have a choice in any given moment to adopt a growth mindset and to learn a new skill set, to choose a different path, to behave a certain way, to move through life with compassion and acceptance and that our, our experiences ultimately do not have to define who we are. So I want to empower as many people as I can to, to make changes, to, to do better for themselves, and then to ultimately impact other people. Because what, what is, what's a world if we can't you know, share our unique gifts and our potential and uplift, as I mentioned? Beautiful. I understand you have a free gift for the audience, for our listeners and our viewers. Sure. If you visit my website, www.freeflowinghealth.com, and you subscribe to my newsletter, don't worry, it will not spam you. You'll receive an instant free gift. It's a PDF uh, guidebook that I put together. Anybody wanting a little bit more information about the plant-based uh, lifestyle, I define what it is. I explain how to build a pantry and just go over some information that you might find useful. So anybody can benefit from taking a quick look at that. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Lisa at freeflowinghealth.com. Beautiful. Lisa, do you have any final remarks for the audience? I, no, just uh, live your life, live it truthfully, authentically, and help as many people as you can, right? Starting with it. yourself. I love it. So remember, you can reach Lisa by going to her website, freeflowinghealth.com. She also is on social media, uh, Free Flowing Health on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, what's your profile on Instagram? Free Flowing Health. Free Flowing Health as well. Lisa, you have been a fantastic guest. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. And, uh, you know, we speak the same language. I, I keep it up and so will I. And uh, I'm going to be checking more about more of your stuff out because uh, I want to get back into uh, what I talked about, you know, about having a better diet, you know, being more conscious about what my diet was involved with my diet, and both without and within, because they both count, you know, they both right. count. And uh, I want everyone to remember that every one of us is responsible for ourselves, and we can all use some help. And with that, Tony out, and please subscribe, like or share. Thank you very much, Lisa. God bless every one of us. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.